Coming up on this week's WAC podcast, we talk Chicago State basketball. We have men's head coach Lance Irvin on, one of our favorite people to sit down and talk to. He's sharing some insight into what his team's looking like this year, plus he has a story about MJ. Yeah, we're not talking just basketball, a little bit of softball with Lance Irvin <laughs> and Michael Jordan. We're also going to have Rachel's interviews with Grand Canyon coach Bryce Drew and Alessandra Labor from the WAC basketball preview and CBU women's coach Jared Olson and guard Sydney Palma. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Rachel Vigil and Eric Danner coming from you from our homes, actually, this time. We're taking some safety precautions just in case if we had some people exposed. So, Eric, how are you? I'm doing well, Rach. I wish we were in the studio, but, uh, you know, this is the COVID life that we live now. So a little quarantine action uh, for the next couple of days, hopefully for for me, and uh, hopefully everything turns out okay. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we understand what our schools and what our uh, student athletes are, are going through with a lot of these precautions and the coaches and the administrators. And it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge, but... Uh, Hopefully things will get better. It seems like uh, there's, you know, possible vaccine in the offing here. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're getting closer and closer to that first uh, day of competition for basketball. But before that, Rach, we've actually already had competitions going on. I know. Swing and diving. It's so exciting to see. We had uh, Northern Colorado defeated Colorado Mesa in a meet, 145 to 117. And Dixie State also had their first ever competition as a division one school they went up to BYU I don't believe they had an actual score and that one is swimming and diving sometimes they they have those dual meets and don't always have the uh, the official scores going but uh, yeah we've already had those uh, competitions going on UNC being northern Colorado and they're in the whack in uh, women's swimming and diving as well as baseball but uh, exciting that things are starting to happen Rachel uh, slowly but surely uh, they're they're coming along I know. I'm so happy to see that. And we also had our first Ticket Smarter uh, WAC Women's Swimmer of the Week, who is Dixie State's Haley Altman. So congratulations to her. She collected her first individual collegiate win, so she's a freshman, in the 100-yard breaststroke with a time of 102. So huge congratulations to her to come out of here and, you know, start a record and take a win. That's huge. It is. It is. And uh, against BYU and and I know uh, Dixie State uh, being in Utah, that's that's a big thing for them to participate against uh, an in-state school. So congratulations to Haley on getting that award. We also had action on the WAC Digital Network this past week. Woo! First time in, was it like 300 days or something like that with uh, CBU Baseball. They had their fall classic uh, going on. And I know several schools were doing inter-squad scrimmages, basically. I know Tarleton Softball had something going on. I saw Utah Valley uh, women's soccer had something going on and uh, CBU wanted to uh, broadcast it. So like, Hey, let's, let's do it. Let's put it on the WDN. And uh, you know, it, it looked like a, a baseball game. I mean, how about that? We had actual action on the WDN. I know it's so exciting. And I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm not sure of the protocols out there, but maybe if family or friends couldn't go out and see, then they could make sure to watch it on their computers, which is, you know, a great source for people maybe that even live out of the state. So I love that we're able to put that together and the school is too. And, you know, when a time when we all can't be together, we can still all sit around and watch the sports. It's so good to see. 
So basketball, November 25th, uh, Mid-Major Madness came out with their other top 25 poll. So they had, you know, the regular top 25, and they had uh, New Mexico State ranked number 24 in their other poll. And uh, they predict uh, big things for New Mexico State this year. They're a powerhouse in the WAC. Like, I feel like anybody who has watched WAC basketball, they'd be silly not to say that. It's kind of with, like, the coaches and media poll, too. Like, for them, Chris Jans has put on a phenomenal job there for men's basketball. It's no surprise to me at all. What about for you, Eric? It's not. And, uh, yeah, Jabari Rice, when, when you talk to him, and uh, just, I mean, they are so deep again this year, even though they lost, you know, so many players from last year's team that are playing professionally. And the NBA drafts next week, and Treveling Queen, you know, has a chance to be drafted next week. But uh, Ivana Arico Echea, A.J. Harris, that they're gone, but they have just all the, the so many good players right behind them. And, and Coach Jans mentioned how their practices are so competitive to get those minutes, and all the guys understand that, that you're not given anything when you go to New Mexico State. You have to fight for those minutes. And there was a story recently, uh, Rach, that uh, there could be, you know, some, some other options for New Mexico State. They're in the state of New Mexico, obviously, and they are not able to do full scrimmages. So they can't do the five-on-five. Five. And of, I think it was 355 Division One schools, only New Mexico State and New Mexico are the only two teams that weren't able to to hold those scrimmages. It may have changed in the past week, but uh, uh, definitely uh, they have to be looking at uh, what can they do to get uh, their players ready to play. Yeah, KTSM, a news source in New Mexico, put out an article that they're looking at a bubble or a basketball hub in possibly El Paso, Texas, for them to go out and be able to practice and play some games because, yeah, they can't do anything right now. They're like, like you said, one of two teams that aren't able to hold really any practices, any scrimmages, nothing of that sort. So for them to be able to just get some team time, It'd be huge for them, but of course, safety first always. So it, I think it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there. We're two weeks away from basketball, and they haven't had a practice in. Yeah, and KTSM out of El Paso reporting that, and they, uh, they again. So this is not from New Mexico State directly, but there was also yeah. an article in the Albuquerque Journal uh, talking about some of the issues that uh, the two in-state, the Division One schools are having with those health guidelines, where you know all, all the other Division One schools in the country are able to get those practices in and just so logistically uh, if you haven't been to Las Cruces it's not very far from El Paso about 35-40 minute drive so it's just over the border again you want to get your teams ready and it's just one of those uh, I think kind of unforeseen things that uh, you, you wouldn't you know with so many states having different guidelines it uh, it makes it really tough for the Aggies. Yeah, and all the student athletes from, you know, D2, D3, New Mexico, New Mexico State, they all got together and they actually wrote a letter to the governor asking them to reconsider so that they can have practices or some sort of thing. So, you know, those student athletes are running their voices to be heard to hopefully get some practice time in to get ready to play. And um, another thing I want to mention, though, Eric, real quick is you mentioned Trev Queen. He was practicing with Carmelo Anthony not too long ago. I remember seeing a tweet about that. So, yeah. You know, a big-time player right there, being able to hang out with Trump Queen practice, hopefully share some light, and hopefully he'll get drafted here in the NBA draft. Well, when you had him on Michael Access uh, a month or two ago, I believe he, he said he was back east, wasn't he? Uh, that's mm-hmm. where he was Maryland. 
Now, yeah. back to the, the current Aggies, uh, and we <laughs> talked about the November 25th start date, and, and when you talk to Chris James, they were having issues getting games scheduled, and a lot of that's because of these protocols. We've seen New Mexico football not able to play a home game yet. They've had to play whichever games they've actually played on the road, even though they were scheduled at home. So I don't know if that's something that, that would be looked at uh, for the Aggies as well, but uh, who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks, but we do have some games on the slate for November 25th and some big time opponents, Rachel. I know big time opponents, super duper excited. And uh, I guess one game that I'm really excited about for non-conference is Gonzaga taking on Dixie, uh, which will be really, really fun. Uh, Tarleton also doing that. So that's a huge time school. You know, they get the number one draw in the preseason poll. Um, so those two games I'm really, really looking forward to. New D1 school coming in, and they're going to take on the top dog. So we, we'll have uh, Lance Irvin on in our next segment. They, they will open up the season uh, against uh, Indiana University, uh, Purdue University, Indianapolis, I believe. Ooey pooey, uh, the acronym there. <laughs> uh, Utah Valley opens the season November 25th at Stanford. And uh, Mark Madsen, of course, was an All-American basketball player at Stanford. So he gets to return to his uh, former school the, uh, in the very first game. California Baptist, they're going to stay in state. Uh, they're in Riverside, not too far from Los Angeles. So they get to go play uh, USC in their opener. And UTRGV uh, gets to go up to Austin and, and play Texas. That's all on November 25th. And again, only there's kind of a trickle of of schedules coming out because uh, coaches are still working on and administrators still working on getting those schedules together. But those, uh, those games are, are set to go on November 25th. So uh, I can't wait for the, the day before Thanksgiving. I'll eat my turkey maybe that day. <laughs> I know, right? I'm so excited. What game are you looking forward to most in the on conference that you know about right now? Well, I think that Utah Valley Stanford, uh, because you have the Mark Madsen connection, that that's a pretty interesting mm-hmm. one. Gonzaga, I've seen come out as a preseason number one, uh, and and that they're supposed to be playing both Tarleton and Dixie. I've not seen those on their schedules yet. Of course, could be out uh, any time now. But uh, UTRGV in Texas, you, you, that's always a a good uh, a good. Uh, measuring stick for the Vaqueros and that'll be on the Longhorn Network so we can probably uh, check that one out if you have that and uh, USC against uh, CBU I'm excited to see the uh, the Lancers in action as well so I'm just excited to see basketball Rach I'm excited (laughs) to see anybody play right now I know trust me I feel the same way I've kind of been this like I don't want to get too excited because I don't know if it's going to happen but I feel like it's actually going to happen now. So I need to knock on some wood real quick, but I do like, I'm getting really, really excited. And uh, hopefully we're just all able to play in like the safest way possible, but sports will be back. And uh, initially we're getting some uh, home games for uh, women's basketball as well on that November 25th date. So that'll be exciting. Grand Canyon. uh, I have not seen an official schedule come out for the Lopes yet because you got to figure that they're going to try to bring in or, or, travel to uh, some big time opponents. I think Coach Drew, when you add him on, we're going to play that interview a little later in the show that they're going to try to play Arizona State, I believe, in in the Mm non-conference. Yeah, that'd be a huge game too. I wish the Havocs could uh, be there and like person for that one. But even if they can't, I know that they will rally on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Rach, uh, we got uh, one of our favorites uh, coming up next in the Coach Lance Irvin. This is one of the best interviews. Yeah, definitely enjoy it. (laughs) Stick around. We're going to have Coach Lance Irvin of Chicago State on the WAC Podcast. 
We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now, back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the WAC podcast. We are now joined by Lance Irvin, the head men's basketball coach at Chicago State University. Lance, welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'd like to thank Eric, you and Rachel for having me. Like I told Jim, it's always a blessing when I can talk to you two because I know you two are always going to be smiling. Y'all make me feel better. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, Coach, you always make us feel better, too, because you tend to have a smile on your face as well. And November 25th, uh, Rachel and I have been talking about this on the show for quite some time now as the start date for college basketball. And I saw recently, Coach, uh, you actually uh, put your schedule out. So a lot of you're ahead of the curve there because I think more than half of the WAC teams don't have an official schedule out yet. And, and you actually get a home game November 25th. <laughs> If we were fortunate, we'd have our one home game. But, you know, hopefully that'll go off without any hitches or anything. But, you know, we rode heavy this year. We have one home game. We have about eight on the road, like normal. I'm trying not to get used to it, but it seems like I'm getting used to it. But we were able to schedule some local teams also, like Loyola, Northwestern. We play in Northern Illinois. So I'm one of the fortunate guys because I really don't have to leave the state. Some of my friends trying to figure out how can they leave the state and play. So I'm fortunate, uh, you know, the schedule, excuse me, the schedule is challenging like it always is. So I'm looking forward to finally playing because it seems like forever when we actually played. And the last time I can remember playing this, I can't remember it. Sometimes like the first of March, I think, when we actually played. So I know guys that are excited to actually try to have a chance to play. Which game are you looking forward to most, Coach? You know what? All of them, because we have something to prove this year. I mean, this is the year I think we can definitely get over the hump. And uh, with the guys that we have returned, like I actually bring some guys that actually played. I mean, last year when we returned, Rachel, we had like nobody that had played a Division One game. But this year, I think I bring back seven to eight guys. So I'm really looking forward to playing all of them, to be honest. Coach, you mentioned there's a lot of games uh, in the area there. So, so the good news is not a lot of uh, uh, miles to pile up on the road here. You got DePaul at DePaul, at Eastern Illinois, at Northwestern, as you mentioned, uh, Loyola, Chicago, at Illinois State. So uh, even though uh, you do have uh, just the one home game, you got to feel pretty good about being able to sleep in your own bed for most of those road games. You know, definitely my first year coaching, you know, there was a song that said my neck and my back. So we were traveling so much. I think we had about 14 out of 16 road games. So my neck was hurting, my back was hurting from the flights, from the bus trip. So sleeping in different beds. So just being able to travel close, hopefully my neck and my back won't hurt as much. But, you know, I'm happy we had opportunity to stay close to home. And like we were talking earlier, I mean, playing with COVID these days is kind of scary in so many ways. So we felt like if we could play close to the school as possible and get guys back to sleep in their beds, that probably would be the best thing. What are practices looking like with all of the COVID protocols? You know, they've been different for me personally because I'm more of like a hands-on coach and I like jumping out there and telling guys where to go like, no, you need the three-quarter to post this way. No, you're standing. Like, you need the four-arm guys, and I'm actually out there. This is my face shield. You see, I'm let you guys see it. So I'm out there wearing the face shield doing practice and 
guys can barely hear me. So, you know, it's been it's been different. So, like I even told the guys, like I was starting this thing during the summer where I was going to count how many high fives we can get. So, because that means that the team is really joined together, I think. But we can't even do that now. So, I'm like, be safe, be careful. So, I find myself like 6 to 12 to 15 feet away from the fellas, like yelling because – I mean, I'm trying to get them safe, and I'm trying to stay safe myself, but it's it's really hard. Now, Coach, uh, you yourself, you're a cancer survivor. You you've uh, battled cancer uh, a few years back, and hopefully, you're you're healthy and uh, staying safe there. Do you have to take any extra precautions uh, because of that, uh, with uh, being around uh, the players and and just around you know uh, COVID in general? You know what? I'm glad you asked me. You're the first person that basically asked me that question. I've been on a ton of Zooms and everything, but uh, I'm healthy, but I'm still a little bit leery. And my doctor told me that her and I need to talk before the season starts because she wants to test and make sure I'm still doing as well as I have been doing over the years. And no one knows that, you know, they don't know how COVID will affect you after you get it. So the one thing we talked about, just making sure I'm staying safe and making sure I'm doing everything the right way. I remember before we went to the WAC conference, I made a call to her, my oncologist, Dr. Stock. Let me send a shout out to my oncologist, Dr. Stock. I love her to death. And I was kind of nervous. So I sent her an email and she responded back. And she was just like, you know, it seems like everything is fine, but just make sure you sanitize and stuff. So when we talked in April, she was just like, coach, you must have had an inkling because it changed at the drop of a dime. So, you know, as long as I continue to talk to her, I should be fine. But it's in the back of my mind a little bit because, you know, I have a daughter, Brooklyn, and I told her when I was sick the first time, I said, Brooklyn, I'm going to fight so I can see your wedding. So I got to make sure I make it to her marriage when she gets married at some point in time. But pretty much I try to stay. I really don't go nowhere. I haven't been on a flight since March. I go to my house. I I do. I go in the house. I take off my clothes. Like pretty much, my wife demands. She didn't get on me, Rachel. You just came back from school. Take off your clothes. Wash them. So we doing all those type of things. And at the end of the day, I'm just praying to the man upstairs. Coach, as a daughter, I'm sure your daughter loved to hear that because I know <laughs> if my dad said that to me, I would absolutely, I would just like melt my heart. So I'm sure she loved to hear that. But you mentioned seven, eight returning start or returners. Five of them are returning starters. How are you feeling about the team's chemistry so far moving forward in two weeks when we start playing games? You know what? I feel pretty good, Rachel. We have Andrew Lewis that started. You met again during WAC Media, Media Day. Excuse me. We have Xavier Johnson that played Roger Jones. So it's just a breath of fresh air knowing that I have some experience. And practice has really been different because we have some new guys. And now they're able to take the leadership position and tell the guys, look, no, that's not how we do things. We do things this way. And they're always talking during practice now. So the energy is different in practice. Plus, they know I'm counting on those guys to really bring out the best in them, but also the best in each other. Like the other day, I was hollering at Andrew Lewis. I was like, hey, you need to be first team on defense. I thought you were, you were first team on defense. So a guy like Xavier Johnson, like, coach, what about me? I'm honorable mention on defense, right? So there's just a different energy. Last year, they would have been saying, we need to score 20 points. Now it's like, hey, I want to be honorable mention on defense too. So just having a different energy and the players, just having a different mindset has really been huge this year. 
Yeah, Rachel had a chance to visit with Andrew Lewis, Lewis during the uh, WAC basketball preview, and uh, he, he was a very impressive young man. Is, is he someone you see taking more of a leadership role on the team this year? Uh, definitely. I think, Eric, like during January is when Andrew really started figuring it out. You know, at first when he came in, we were butting heads a little bit. And, and you know, my vocal cords were really working. They was at a high level with him. So then he figured it out. So now my vocal cords are not being tested as much. They're not as loud as Chris Jans and some of the other coaches, but they can get another octave. Chris, I'm just teasing. But anyway, no, he he's he's really been huge. He's doing excellent in school. That's the thing I'm most proud of. And uh, like yesterday in practice, he just started clapping. Like, come on, y'all, let's go. He's out there, yeah, moving his feet on defense, moving fast. So him and yeah, I mean, he has been great. I can't say enough about him. Coach, where would you rank yourself on all the WAC coaches on being the loudest? You said maybe it's not as loud as Chris Chance, but where would you put yourself? You know what? It was interesting because Lou Hill thinks that he can get me, but then he'll look at me during the game like I went yelling one time last year, and he looked at me and said, Irv, drop your voice a little bit, please. I can't hear myself. So I'm probably like maybe uh, top three, maybe. Top three. Top three. <laughs> Top three. I know Jeff can get pretty loud too. So with that being said, I'm probably in top three. It's always pretty interesting when there's a uh, close call. All of our coaches tend to get pretty loud. <laughs> I heard Jim got loud at our place last year. I looked down there. I said, damn, Jim, I didn't know you could get that loud. <laughs> he looked at me and started smiling. So, you know, we all can – we all seem to get pretty loud, but I think Chris might have everybody. Everybody. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the title. Hopefully I won't steal the title this year. <laughs> well, Coach, you have some new players on the team this year as well. The one, I guess, when everybody walks into the gym that they're going to notice is the seven-footer from Luxembourg, Lou DeMuth. How did you uh, come in contact with Lou? I imagine your, your normal recruiting base isn't in uh, Luxembourg. No, like, Lou's a guy that, you know, my assistant, Brett Puss, that left, he's a head coach at the Moy Area College. Now, he was going through some film somebody sent him, and we happened to watch it. And I was like, Brett, he's like, Coach, I already called him, and he's interested. And due to the fact that COVID was going on, we all had the same opportunity as everyone else. So it's not like guys can beat me to a private jet well, guys can afford a ticket that I can't afford. So we just watched a lot of tape and called them. And pretty much we had about 15 schools that were supposed to go over there and see him. But Brett and I started calling them like every day because we liked what we saw in him. He's a great kid. He's a great human being, a good student. He can shoot. If once he gets stronger, he'll really be a force to reckon with. But I'm happy to have Big Lou. He's always in a great mood. So that's something else I love about him. He can really shoot. He can pass. He's really starting to fit the mold that we're looking for at Chicago State. Coach, at media day or preview day, you brought up a story about you playing softball with MJ. And I just have to ask how that got started. Well, you know, my brother Mike, he used to throw parties. And my brother Nick, Actually, they used to play with MJ, right? They'd go to his house and play one-on-one. So, you know, we used to go to the club from time to time, and MJ would always come out there. So my brother Mike had a softball team. MJ had his traveling softball team. So 
we used to play quite often. So one day I think the score was like seven up and we always talking stuff like we're talking crazy. Everybody knows MJ is going to talk crazy. So he was at the plate. His daughter was at the cage and she was saying, daddy get a hit, daddy get a hit. So he literally like, hold on. He stopped the game and said, hold on. He said, what you mean, daddy get a hit? She said, no, nah, daddy get a hit. Then he said, I'm going to ask you again, what you mean, daddy get a hit? So finally she stopped and said, okay, daddy hit a home run. And he almost hit a home run. <laughs> so with that being said, though, I mean, I was like, is he serious? He said, get a hit. And he changed it to, no, no, tell me what you want me to do. And I think he hit a triple. Now, they lost the game. But I tell you, he would, he would talk bad to you during the games, too. I mean, bad, crazy, crazy. Crazy. Oh, Coach, what, I when think was this? Was this uh, after MJ was done playing? Was it during his playing days? When was this? No, it was during his playing days, like during the summer. Like Sean Marion to play with us. Sean, MJ, Michael Jordan, he had to think Charles Oakley played with us one day. I mean, they were, they were crazy games, y'all. I enjoyed it, but like I said, the trash talking was so crazy. Like I was playing third base and MJ just hollered out, why your knees shaking, Lance? Why your knees shaking down? I said, come on, man. They not shaking. I bet you won't hit it my way. I dare you to hit it my way. So, you know, the trash talking was hilarious. And it was a joy just to be around him and learn about it. Well, I'm sure after every game that he did lose, you were probably scared to play him the next time. Because if we learned anything from the last dance, it was the second you doubted him, he was coming back for you. You know what? The one thing I learned about him was that he was going to play until he won no matter what it was. So I, I, I wasn't crazy. Like, I win and leave. Some of the other guys, no matter what it was, if it was cards, if it, they would stay. No, not me. No, no, no. I'm going home because he was going to play until he won. So you had to know what animal, what beast you were dealing with. Because at the end of the day, he was, he was tough. He was tough. Coach, last thing for me, you were asked during our basketball preview, about the last dance and MJ or LeBron, and then you brought up Mark Aguirre. Um, I figured since you're a Chicago guy, you're, you're Chicago Bulls through and through, but you got some uh, Detroit Piston in you, it sounds like. Eric, why are you trying to get me fired? <laughs> you know, you're really touching a spot at me. Like, my mom and I were probably the only people in Chicago that was huge, bad boy Detroit Piston fans. So now, like I tell people, when we were whooping their butts every other year until they figured out, I was the king in Chicago. Like, I could walk around like, oh, y'all out the playoffs. I'm like, okay, Mark, let's go. Isaiah, let's go. Dennis Rodman, like, I love Bill Lambert. I was probably the only person in Chicago that loved Bill Lambert. <laughs> to this day, Joe Dumars is my favorite player still. I actually walk around his house, walk around my house with his jersey, but Mark Aguirre is my man. Like, Mark knows. Like, he tells stories about the bad boys all the time until they bring up the bulls. Now, my vocal cords not as good as they used to be. But, no, I'm a huge – I was a huge Pistons fan. Huge. Did you ever tell MJ that? I'm not crazy. <laughs> I mean, I probably slipped it in and, 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 and left so he didn't hit me. No, I probably said it. He probably heard me. No, I forgot. I probably said it and he heard me. I might have mumbled it, though. <laughs> no, but everyone, every person in Chicago, no. I was a huge Pistons fan back then because their style of basketball, I think, not saying that the Bulls didn't play that way, but my mother and my father, they were so tough on me. Like, when I was growing up, 
there was this football player named Marvin Robinson. He played for the Denver Broncos. Well, he used to live in Chicago. And our rim was connected to our, uh, uh, to our uh, garage, matter of fact. So Marvin will fire you so hard, he hit you into the garage. And I remember one day I got hit, I was like, dang, Marvin, and my father's playing too. He's like, no, get up, that's a love tap. So we grew up liking hard-nosed basketball, so that was those days. So Marvin, thanks for getting me as tough as you got me. That hit he put on me, Rachel. I was like, I see why you played running back for the Broncos. Well, Coach, uh, hopefully uh, the uh, team won't be uh, quite bad boys. I mean, I, I think basketball has probably changed in the last 25 years or so, but uh, we want to wish you the best of luck this year, and thank you for joining us on the show. I appreciate you guys having me, but I'm trying to instill a little bit of bad <laughs> just a little bit. Everyone talks about this freedom of movement stuff. I couldn't play these days because I still foul when I play this. I still give guys love taps, and I say that's a legal foul. But I appreciate you guys having me, and anytime you guys need me. Well, that is Lance Irvin, head men's basketball coach at Chicago State. When we come back, we'll have some of Rachel's interviews from the WAC basketball preview. You're listening to the WAC podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel Hill with you. And, Rach, you had a chance uh, during the WAC basketball preview to talk to all 18 head coaches in the WAC, uh, plus many players. And uh, one of the more interesting interviews was with Grand Canyon coach Bryce Drew in his first year and Alessandro Laver, who's back as a senior. Yes, great conversation. You know, head coach Bryce Drew really just seemed pumped up about this season. He seemed pumped up about the job at Grand Canyon. He was so friendly, too. And just you can tell he was very, very excited. And then having Alessandro, who's been there, he went through the Marley years. Now he's with head coach Bryce Drew, kind of sharing some of the differences there. But also, you know, he hasn't been able to go home. He's from Italy, so he hasn't been able to go back home. So talking to him a little bit about that COVID um, impact it's had on him was very interesting. But you can tell they're both very excited about the upcoming year, and I'm excited to see that team play. Yeah, I was going to say, Coach, first of all, congratulations on the job. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great so far. Um, I'm sure you've been to Phoenix, beautiful city, uh, beautiful campus. And uh, when you inherit a player like uh, Ali, it makes a coach uh, a lot happier. Absolutely. Ali, I actually want to start with you real quick. I know you're from Italy. Were you able to travel back home at all during this pandemic? Unfortunately, I couldn't go back home. Uh, my family wanted to visit for my graduation, but I probably won't be able to because, you know, COVID is getting back in Europe. Uh, I, will, I will eventually go back home, so it's not the biggest of a deal. Well, Coach said that you came back leaner and in shape this year for the season. What did you do during the pandemic? Uh, I just, you know, I was, I contacted our strength coach, uh, Coach Jackson, and I just asked for you know, as many advices and workouts as I could. Just like trying to get in shape and come back as in the best shape I could. And of course, with the, you know, practicing and everything, we were practicing really hard. So we were all getting in a great shape and we were ready to go. Coach, for you, how hard was it to recruit during a pandemic? 
it, it was definitely challenging. You know, um, we've never had to – no coaches had to do this before where you can't go visit players and they're not allowed to visit your campus. So, you know, thank, thankfully we have Zoom, we have other technology. Um, our school does a tremendous job marketing, so there's a lot of information on the Internet that, that uh, potential student-athletes can see about our campus. And um, really pleased with the players we're able to bring in, um, especially late in the year. And uh, we think uh, they're going to have a big impact on our team this year. How do you go about meshing old players and new faces? You know, the players have been uh, tremendous from a chemistry standpoint. Um, it seems like they get along really well. Um, on the floor, there's been an instant chemistry with a lot of the players. Um, when you, anytime you recruit, you, you try to blend the pieces together the best you can. And we really feel like we have a really good mix of personalities, um, of different positions on the floor, and um, with strengths and weaknesses that can help, uh, help, help each other look good out there. So right now, we're very pleased with, uh, with where we're at and uh, what the team's doing. Alessandra, what's been the number one way that you've seen yourself improved under the new program of Coach Drew? On the, I think, competition level, we are competing a lot in practice. Practices are, you know, they're amazing. I, I love being here. Uh, I think I'm improving defensively, finally. You know, we're building a the team is looking really good, and I think the chemistry, like Coach, Coach said, it's getting really there, and I think we're going to be really good Coach, you already dealt with some positive COVID tests earlier this summer. What were some of the enhanced procedures that went into place after that? You know, our, our school's done a fantastic job, um, even since the arrival. And, you know, with, through all the testing, you know, we, we caught a lot of the cases, um, immediately did the quarantining. And, um, you know, now, you know, we're on a routine of getting tested, which will increase even more as we get closer to season. So, you know, you never want to, have the virus hit your team. Um, this summer, you know, a lot of guys got antibodies and, you know, have, have been able to practice, uh, which has been really good for our team. But um, definitely something that, that all of us wish would go away so we could get back to normality, be there in person, um, you know, and just enjoy, um, especially for the Ali and the players, just enjoy their college experience to the fullest. Coach, fans have been wanting to see that non-conference schedule. What can you tell us about it? You know, it, it's changing by the day, and uh, it's been changing a lot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're just about there, so hopefully um, we'll be able to announce something pretty soon. Um, obviously, we have contingency plans, too. If certain games fall through, we've already uh, verbally communicated with a lot of programs out there um, that hopefully together we can, we can get games. Um, just don't know what it's going to look like because once a team has to quarantine, you're going to lose a couple of weeks of games, and you're going to have to reschedule quickly. Um, obviously some, some highlights in the non-conference are Arizona State. Um, they'll be coming to our place this year, and, and I know the city's really excited for that game. Coach, do you have any update on whether the Havocs will be allowed in? You know, I think everything is getting worked on right now, and um, no, I don't know a final decision yet. Um, I've never experienced the Havocs, but I've seen it on video and I've heard from others, so Man, I, I, I really hope they can get in because I know it changes the whole atmosphere in the arena. And um, it would be awesome just to be able to, to get to know them and experience that. So hopefully it's going to happen, but um, we don't know for sure yet. So Grand Canyon is picked number two in the 
media and coaches polls on the men's side. On the women's side, Rachel, California Baptist picked to win on the uh, media poll. Yes, and Coach Jared Olson was very honest, and he says, that's mostly for media. That's mostly for people like you, Rachel. And he <laughs> says it doesn't mean a whole lot to them going forward. You know, they just want to go out there day after day and play their best basketball. And uh, that's at the end of the day exactly what everybody wants to see is them go out there and do that. But, yeah, great conversation coming up. Uh, I love being able to sit down and talk with them. They're battling some injuries, but they also have a few key players back, hopefully, who will be 100% and ready to go in just about two weeks. You're selected first by the coaches. Why is your program so deserving of this first place nod? I mean, I, I don't know why we would be deserving. Uh, I mean, other than we have a good team, you know, and our goal is to win the conference. Uh, I mean, we, we lost three starters from last year's team. Um, you know, we're pretty key players for us. Um, Lexi Rahm was, was an all-conference player. Tiana Food, Lacey Brown, um, you know, and – I think the, the preseason stuff in the WAC this year probably means less than it ever has. Uh, you've got two new teams. You've got a bunch of new coaches. Um, you know, and I think it's just going to be a little interesting because I don't think people know each other very well right now. Um, you know, our, you know, some of our best players, these coaches have never even seen play. You know, and I know when I was voting for all conference, I had to vote for people that I had never seen play. So I don't really put much stock into that, but we'll just do the best we can. And we have high expectations for ourselves anyway. So nothing from that side has really changed. You mentioned losing those three starters. What new faces could we possibly see to help fill those roles? You know, we, we really pride ourselves on development um, you know, of, our, of our current players. And, you know, Sydney, who you'll be talking to in a minute, would be one of them. You know, she's going to be a redshirt sophomore. So, you know, she's been with us as her third year. I think she'll have a really good year. Um, Tiana Neal is another player that's a sophomore this year that, you know, played a little bit as a freshman. We expect her to do more this year. Um, you know, and we've got some new players, too, that we're, we're hopeful for. Um, and then the last one I would say is Taylor Wu, um, who will be a sophomore. She's from Hawaii. She played off and on last year for us, had some good moments. Um, but we're definitely expecting a bigger role out of her as well. Guard Brittany Thomas is back after an injury last year. How has her role developed now? I'm sure she had a voice last year, but now back on the court. Well, I mean, she's kind of been in and out for us. Uh, I mean, she hasn't been practicing regularly. So, I mean, we just kind of take what we can get from her. Uh, you know, she's got a pretty big personality, um, you know, and so the thing that she helps us with the most is just communication on defense um, and just kind of being – you know, the anchor for us in the back. Um, but yeah, we're hoping we can get as much out of her as possible. I think, you know, health was a big issue for us last year, and I think it will continue to be this year. And that's before we get into the COVID stuff. So, you know, we're kind of cautiously optimistic, the right phrase. How can you help with those health concerns? Uh, I mean, I think there's not a lot we can do other than just trust, you know, that we, we have a really good training staff here and, We've got a lot of good doctors that are working with our team, but I mean, some it's just random. I mean, you can't really account for someone, you know, spraining an ankle or tearing an ACL and every team goes through it. So, you know, it's not like it's exclusive to us. Um, last year was probably hit some of our key players more than maybe some other teams, but that's just how basketball works. And, you know, we'll just keep working through it and do the best we can. Guardian Oleta was named preseason player of the year. Why is she so deserving of that? I mean, she's worked really hard over the summer. You know, she's there's, she's come in great shape, you know, but I mean, honestly, she's not practicing right now either. She's out with an injury. 
Um, but you know, she's, she's the quarterback of our team. She's a really good point guard. Um, and she's really grown a lot in her four years here. Um, I think she's, you know, part of that, I think we've done a good job coaching her, but I think for the most part, it's just her determination and her, you know, her will to win. Um, this really made her a great player. And I'm really excited to see her get back out on the court when she heals up. Um, and I think she's capable of doing great things. Sydney finally joined us. How are you? Good. How are you? Sorry, we had some technical difficulties, but we got figured out. No worries. It's bound to happen. Your uh, teammate, excuse me, Annie Oleta was selected as preseason player of the year. How does that help your team with that motivation going forward? I think all of us, we kind of knew that she was going to be that person. Um, she's got that fire in her and it kind of is infectious um, within all of us. So it's just extra motivation for us to like prove to them, yeah, she should be the player of the year. And yeah, she just kind of feeds off of our energy and same with us. Your team was selected first by the coaches. How surprised were you when you saw that list come out? I'm, I'm not going to say I'm surprised because I think that we're going to work towards to be that um, team. We have a lot of people that are returning as well as the new people. Like I heard Jared say, our best people you guys haven't even seen yet as well. So I think that if we work hard every day in practice, that we're going to be able to reach that goal and be successful for sure. How can you help be that leader that meshes the returning players and the new players? I think I'm working on becoming that better leader on the court because if we have multiple leaders on the court, it's just going to benefit everyone else. So if we come together and share our knowledge and stuff like that, I think that we're going to be a really strong team for sure. Coach, for you, the non-conference schedule, what can you tell us about it? Not much. Uh, we're working on it. Uh, there's, it just seems like every day there's something different that comes up. Was it in the flux? I mean, literally two minutes before I got on this call, I was talking to another coach from another team, trying to, like, kind of work out some details on some stuff. So, I mean, we're going to play mostly SoCal schools is the goal. Um, and currently that's the way it stands. But – I think everybody is just ready to be flexible and pivot at any moment. Um, we're just going to be thankful we can play any games we can. Um, and, you know, I don't think we're taking anything for granted at this point. And when the opportunities are there to play, we'll be ready and, and we'll go get them. Sydney, when the NCAA announced that November 25th basketball could start for non-conference, how excited was your team and your, yourself that you weren't going to be playing each other anymore, that you're finally going to play a different team? It's definitely been a rough few months for basketball players, for sure. Um, we were just so pumped because it is tiring when you're playing the same people, and that's what we love to play other people, and so we're just really excited, and we're grateful that we have the opportunity to keep playing. So thank you to Jared Olson and Sydney Palma from California Baptist Women's Basketball. We also heard from Alessandra Laver and Bryce Drew from Grand Canyon, of course, Lance Irvin, one of our all-time favorite guests from <laughs> Chicago State. Yes, a great conversation with Coach uh, Irvin. I love sitting down and talking to him. I'm pretty sure we've said that like a hundred times in this podcast, but uh, loved also sitting down a preview day and being able to talk to all the coaches and players too. And we are just wishing them the best of luck this upcoming season. We're like two weeks out. Let's get this thing rolling. Thanks to everybody for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.